Why don't you stand again and let's pray before we go further in the service. Release our faith. How many believe the Lord could speak to you this morning? Something that just changed your life. And one word from the Lord turned things around. Something maybe you've wondered about for years. And just there it is. Father, we look to you this morning. All our eyes are on you and our heart is open to you. Give us utterance, anointing, the message, the ministry for right now. Give us all eyes that see and ears that hear, a heart receptive. We believe we receive revelation from you, direction for right now. And we'll not be hearers only, but by your grace, we are, we will be doers, those who live and practice what you say. Get glory to yourself in our lives, our marriages, our bodies, our finances, our ministries, which are all yours. And we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Now, if you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, why don't you raise your hand? Ushers are there. We have extra Bibles. Use one of ours. Take the time. Make the effort to turn with us. Find the Scriptures. And we're going right now to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. We are victorious, right? Yes, we are. Overcomers. More than conquerors. Amen. We've been speaking on the subject of the kingdom of God. And the more I look at it and meditate upon it, the more I see what I hadn't seen in times past. And what an emphasis this has always been to the Lord and to those that followed him. And some way or another, we haven't emphasized it the way we should. But we're becoming more kingdom-minded, kingdom of God-minded, kingdom of heaven-minded. In Luke, the 12th chapter, Luke 12 and verse 29, 12, 29, Seek not ye what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Neither be ye of doubtful mind, for after all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you have need of these things. But rather, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure. To give you the kingdom. Now, what are we supposed to be seeking? Thinking about. Pursuing. Investing into. Working for. The kingdom of God. Are most people doing that? No, they're not. What are most people seeking for? Well, you just get a back up right here. That's what he said don't seek for. What are most people seeking? To make a living. 
Right? Make a living. And there are, I'm not talking about people that don't profess God. I'm talking about Christians now. There are multitudes of Christians that don't have time for kingdom business. Because it takes all their time making a living. And raising a family. Is that right? Is that okay? Does the Lord understand? Well, the Lord knows I got to make a living. The Lord knows I've got to seek first a place to live and I got to seek first getting something to eat and something for my kids to wear. The Lord knows I got to seek it first. No, he doesn't. He told you no. (laughs) We're having fun right off the bat here, aren't we? Somebody said, well, I got to make a living. No. No, you don't. Now, if that's your mindset, and that's why you live, that's all your life will be. And people get up, and they go to work, and they come home, and they clean house, and they go to bed, and they get up, and they go to work, and they come home, and they clean house, and they go to bed, and they wash clothes and iron, and they get up, and they go to work, and they act like this is going to happen forever. And it's not. Soon and very soon, you'll be out of here, one way or the other. You and me both, our life is like a poof. Poof. Can you do that? Poof. That's your life. Now you see it? Poof. Now you don't. And once it's done, it's not going to make any difference how much money you made or who knew you or how high you climbed the corporate ladder or how many hobbies you had or how much money you saved will mean zippo. Nothing. Nothing. Or how clean you kept your house will mean nothing. Or how nice your yard and garden was. Mean nothing. Or how clean your car was. Zippo. Now don't misunderstand me. I like a clean house better than a dirty one. I like a clean car better than a dirty one. I do. But this stuff is passing away in a hurry. And if it's all our life is about, then our life is wasted. You do not want to wake up at the end of your life and realize that all the stuff you've done was just temporary and meant nothing to the kingdom of God. And go out of this life with no fruit and no reward. No. Every day when you get up, every morning when your eyes open, you need to be thinking, kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. What can I do for the kingdom of God? I have come into this world and into the kingdom for such a time as this. What can I do? People think, well, I'm just so-and-so and I'm just a little person that lives over here and I just don't live. You are a child of God. You have unique graces and gifts in your life. You can make a difference. You can help somebody. You can benefit the kingdom some way and usually many ways if you're not too busy. 
If you're not completely preoccupied with everything else in the world, seeking after something to eat, and I gotta clean my house, and I, we gotta get clothes, and we gotta have a place, we gotta make payments. Some say, well, I gotta do that. No, there's another way. You can get so occupied seeking the kingdom of God that God takes responsibility to add all that stuff to you. Here's something the Lord told me some years ago. He said, son, the more important your time becomes to me, the more responsibility I can take for your stuff. The more important your time becomes to me. We got airplanes. We got TV. We got internet. Man, this saves time. Right? But I don't need it just to fish all the time. Well, I need jets to fish all day. Or to just lay around and watch TV night and day. Hmm? Or to just make a living. If that's all I was interested in, I don't need all those things. Right? You don't need the money. You don't need all the clothes. You don't need all the stuff. You don't need the vehicles. You don't need the buildings. Oh, but if you get up in the morning and you're all day long and all night long, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, and your time becomes more valuable to the kingdom of God than here God brings the stuff. Here's the stuff. Here you ought to have this. And you need this to do my work. Yeah, and here's another one. And yeah, take care of it, boy. Get with it. Here's another one. You can do more kingdom business if you got a jet. Here you go. You can do more kingdom business if you got five houses. Here you go. You can do more kingdom business if all this other stuff is taken care of for you. Everything's paid for. Everything's done. See to it that your time becomes more valuable to him. That's by what you're doing with your life. And the more your time becomes valuable to him, you use your time to pray. Use your time to seek God. Use your time to help people then he takes more and more responsibility for your life and adding all these things to you so that you can seek his kingdom. But as long as you believe that you don't have time for his kingdom because all you can do is make a living, then you're on your own pretty much. And you'll bump along and struggle along and you'll look up one day and your life is over. But not us. I said, not us. We're kingdom people. We're about the master's business. Kingdom minded. Kingdom resources. Kingdom. Kingdom. Said out loud, I live for. I seek first the kingdom of God. And what he says is right. And all the stuff. All the things that the people of the world look for, work so hard for, it's added to me. God adds it to me while I seek the kingdom. Hallelujah. Glory. Now we've been talking for some weeks about the kingdom of God. And I want to go on this morning, go to Matthew, please, the 13th chapter. Matthew 13, and I'd like for us to talk about this morning, 
the kingdom principle. The, and that's a big word, you don't always hear me use these all-inclusive words, like the. <laughs> Let me explain. You know, sometimes preachers say, here are the three steps to this or that. I don't talk that way. I might say, here are three steps. Why? Because there's probably 45 that I just hadn't found out about yet. Are you with me now? But here's three that I know about. And so when I talk about all inclusive like thee, that's a big statement. But as we get into it, you're going to see because Jesus alluded to this. I would call this the kingdom principle, the principle of the kingdom as to how the kingdom operates, how the kingdom functions. In Matthew, the 13th chapter. Matthew 13, we're going to read a few scriptures now, so stay hooked. Matthew 13 and 1. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he went into a ship. And he sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spoke many things to them in parables, and he said, Behold... A sower went forth to sow. You're going to see as we read through this verse after verse after verse after verse. And this is a, you know, quite a lengthy chapter, 58 verses. But the bulk of it deals with this concept. And before we go further, when we talk about the principle of the kingdom, do you know what I'm talking about now? What is it? The principle of the kingdom is the principle of sowing and reaping. Seed time and harvest. Now when we say this, many times people think, you know, well, Brother Keith, we've already had the offering. So we're going to talk about sowing and reaping. Sowing money is a small portion of this. Right? And if we're going to be kingdom-minded, we must be seed-minded about everything. Because that's how it is. That's how God sees it. That's how he set it up. Seed time and harvest. Sowing and reaping. Everything in the kingdom operates off of this principle. If you forget it, then you're going to get off. You're going to get confused. He said, the sower, Matthew 13, the sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root They withered away. Now let's just stop right here. Who's teaching this? Why is he teaching it? We'll skip down to verse 10. You'll see it. The disciples came. They said, why are you speaking to them in parables? And Jesus answered, verse 11, he said to them, because it is given to you to know what? The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it's not given. 
Why is he teaching this? He's revealing to us what has been a mystery of how the kingdom of God operates. Now back up, let's finish reading what we were seeing there. Verse 6, when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns. Some what? Seed. Fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground, and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, and some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear? Let him hear. What's he talking about? The kingdom of God. How the kingdom operates. Now he, you know, since they asked him about it, he in private went into detail and explained the parable to them. Verse uh, 16. He said, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say to you, many prophets and righteous men desired to see things you see and have not seen them, and to hear the things which you hear and have not heard them. What things? See, this is the thing that was a mystery. The prophets could see. They knew about God. They knew about miracles. But what was this? What was this one that would be born of a virgin? And the government would be on his shoulders. And of his kingdom... Would be no end. What was this? They didn't see. They couldn't understand. But you and I. Don't just hear about the kingdom. We're in the kingdom. The kingdom's in us. Now. This is it. This is what everything was going towards. And now it's not just about Jew and Gentile. And culture and nation and male and female and race has nothing to do with it. It's are you born again? Because if you're in Him, if you're in Christ, you're in the kingdom. And the kingdom's in you. And this is an everlasting kingdom. And this is not imaginary. This is real. Soon and very soon, there will be no more government of anything else. There won't be any other nation, any other government. It'll be the kingdom of God. And guess who is going to be in charge? Who's going to be the governors over the cities in the kingdom of God? The people that should be in charge. Us. The people that's not covetous and not money hungry and not trying to hurt anybody, but people that really love the people and really want to help them and really lead them in righteousness. It's not going to be a figment of your imagination. It's not going to be floating along in a cloud. It's just as real as any city you want to go to right now and more so. And it's happening soon, soon, soon. He said, this is how it operates, though. Verse 18, he explained to him, he said, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears what? What? Not just the word. The word of or the word about. 
The kingdom. So we talk so much about the gospel, but we've seen again and again that it didn't just say gospel. It said the gospel of the kingdom. The good news about the kingdom. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, let's just stop right there. What is the word of the kingdom? Backing up in the parable, that's the seed. Now, this is an error that we need to get our minds renewed to. We, in general, have not seen the preciousness of the seed. We grow up around seed. We know about it, but because we've always been around it, you can take it for granted. But the seed, I don't know, for lack of a better word, it's a miracle. You can take that small seed, and that whole oak tree is in there. You can take that small human seed, can't even see it. And all the color of your eyes, length of your nose, everything's in there. Is that right? And listen, God is in his seed. Did you get that now? God is in his seed. And he's given us his seed. So Mrs. God is huge. He fills heaven and earth. I know. An oak tree can take up a lot of space too. But God has the ability to condense it into a seed. And then plant it in you and it germinates and it starts to grow. And the thing about supernatural seed is it never stops growing. It doesn't reach its maximum and that's it. No, it's God's seed. So it never stops growing. And that's why it is possible for you and I to become filled with all the fullness of God. Most folk don't even believe that. But in Ephesians, he taught us to pray that. I'm quoting scripture. Right? Ephesians 3, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. How could you be filled with all the fullness of God? Well, don't put a time limit on it. It's not even limited to this life. It's our destiny. And it starts with a seed. Everything you see around you, everything came from a seed. Your body, your body came from a seed. Is that right? How many are happy for your body? You're glad you got a body. It came from a seed. This building came from a seed. You know every piece of wood in the place came from a seed. Every piece of fabric came from a seed. So, so what about the plastic, Brother Keith? That didn't come from a seed. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. All natural resources came from a seed. And here's the thing. Every idea is a seed. 
Every thought is a seed. And every word is a seed. And every action is a seed. It's a seed. It'll bring up a good crop or it'll bring up a bad crop. But everything, everything comes from a seed. And the wonderful thing is that the seeds for a glorious That doesn't even touch it. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Future. Is already in our hands. The seed for an unspeakably glorious future. Is already in our seed. And a lot of it's already planted in us. Already in us. Taking root down. And will spring up and bring fruit. Above. Hallelujah. Can you sense in your spirit that this is big? (laughs) How big is this? It's as big as the kingdom of God. It's as big as God himself. Now before we go further, go hold your place there in Matthew 13 and go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. The first chapter. 1 Peter and 1. Verse 23, 1 Peter 1.23 says, We being born again, 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, by the word of God. Uh, Luke's account of what we call the parable of the sower. He said in Luke 8.11. He said now the seed is the word of God. How is one born again? Well you remember Jesus told Nicodemus. That which is born of flesh is flesh. Right? That which is born of spirit is spirit. He said, you must be born again. If you're going to enter into the kingdom of heaven, if you're going to see the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. That's how you get in the kingdom. How? Same way you got in the earth. Same principle. It was by a seed. Your physical body was born as the result of your father's seed and your mother's reception. Spiritually, you're born again by your father's seed. And you and I are called his seed. The Bible said when Jesus came, he did not take on him the seed and nature of angels. But he took upon him the seed of Abraham. A flesh. And now we're called his seed. He claims us. God claims us as his personal offspring. He says that his seed remains in us. First John says that's why we don't live a life of sin. Because his seed is in us. And his seed lives in us. And that's why we, you know. The seed of God should act like God. Are y'all with me now? We're born again. Not of corruptible seed. But of incorruptible. 
What is the holy seed? The incorruptible seed? The Word of God that lives and abides forever. Listen, you don't turn there. Go back to Psalm 13. But listen while you're turning there. What did I say? Matthew. Matthew 13. I'm quoting to you Psalm 126. It said, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Like it says in Job, though your beginning was small, your latter end would greatly increase. Oh man, I'm getting excited in my spirit this morning. Do we know the potential of a seed? Do we know what future is ahead of us if we'll realize the potential in the seed and see what we've already got in our hands? But are you a sower? See, in this world, the way of this world system is not sowing and reaping. It's beating and taking. (laughs) Isn't it? It's the strong take from the weak. Right? It's taking. Controlling. Manipulating. Right? Taking from. That is the way the world system operates. The stronger roll over the weaker and take from. If you're strong enough, take it. But that's not God's way. God's way. And I'm so thankful for this because it makes all of, it gives all of us dignity. Oh, are y'all with me this morning now? It gives all, I don't care how broke you are. I don't care how low in the gutter you've been. You do not have to beg anybody for anything. You do not have to be dependent on another man. You got a seed. You got a way out. You don't got a seed. You got a God who will get you a seed. And put it in your hand. You don't have to come kowtowing to anybody. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're in charge in this world. I don't care how much money they've got. You don't have to beg anybody for anything. Nobody. God don't even want you begging him. God's seed. It's not a seed of beggars. These are his kids. They don't have to beg. God's kids having to beg is like God can't take care of his own family. Like God didn't have any resources. Oh, when you see this, makes no difference where you come from, who you folks were, how low you've been, how hard it's been. You can look up and you can say, I'm coming out of here because I got a seed. <laughs> I got a seed in me. I am a seed. I got a seed in my hand. I got a seed in my mind. I got a seed in my mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I can plant this seed and God will make it come up. And I'm coming out. I'll never forget the first seed Phyllis and I sowed in faith. Financial seed. Looking back now, 
the financial seed came long after other seed. We begin to get the seed of the word of God taught to us through tapes and through materials. And we begin to feed night and day. And that seed begin to get in us and bring faith to us. And enlightenment and vision and hope and expectation. And finally we got in a meeting one time. And we had $10 to our name in life between us. And the Lord dealt with us so $5 in this offering. Now I had, I grew up in church. I'd take my little change and put it in the Sunday school plate. But it was just routine. It was just tradition. Are you with me now? We weren't sowing seed. We were contributing to a charity. We were making a charitable donation. We were giving it away. Because we were such lovely people. That's ignorant people. No, you're not just giving it away. We got a revelation that you sow on purpose. You plant a seed. The kind of seed you want to reap off of. In the kind of ground you want to be like. And in the kind of ground you want to reap out of. And you stand your ground. We sowed that five dollars. I never forget it. Looking back now, decades ago, that's when we started coming out. We took our other five dollars and went and bought a tape on prosperity. Because we needed it. And the seed of that word got in us. Changed the way we thought. Changed the way we believed. Changed the way we talked. Quit poor mouthing. Quit making excuses. Did you hear me? Well, we're just so and so and we're from here and we've only got this and we've only known that. Well, you can be saying that the next time I see you. Or you can let this get in you. You can let this get in you. That you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and he supplies all your needs by his riches and glory. That seed can get in you. Germinate. Change who you are. Change what you are. Change where you're going. He said. He that goes forth and weeps. Bearing precious seed. Everybody say precious seed. Precious seed shall doubtless come again. With rejoicing. Bringing his sheaves. What sheaves? Harvest. What did he start out with? Seed. And it was? Precious seed. And he was going through a time where he was crying. (laughs) But next thing we see he comes. Rejoicing. Hauling all his sheaves with him. (laughs) Will that work for you? In every area of your life. You might be hurting, you might be crying, but have you got a seed? Have you got a seed? Not just money seed, have you got a seed? Can you put a word seed into the ground? Can you get the word seed in you? Every action is a seed. I know a friend of mine's pastor of a good, strong, thriving church in another state. I went and spoke for him not too long ago. 
And I taught him at Ramah. And while he was there, he and his wife and his three little boys, he came to me. He said, Brother Keith, I ain't got no money, but I'm getting so much in your classes. He said, I want to sow into you. I said, well, I appreciate that. He said, but I ain't got no money. I said, okay, God will give you seed to sow. He said, what can I do? I said, <laughs> he said, I can cut grass. I said, well, I appreciate that, but you know, I can cut my own grass and, and I got some folk that help me. And, and he come back a while later. He said, you sure you don't need that grass cut? And I said, well, he said, cause I could sow that. And I said, well, I can cut my own grass and, and I got some help too. And a few months passed by the Lord that with me. Let him cut that grass. He did. They see a lot of folk don't understand. Well, yeah, you think you're a big shot. People come on, cut your grass. You don't even know what you're talking about. Do you see some things here? I really didn't want to do it right then. But he said, no, he needs to sow this and you need to let him sow it. I said, okay. Well, it wasn't convenient for him. I don't know how he got the more. They hardly had anything. And he had his boys with him because his wife had to work during that part of the time. And he'd bring them and they were so well behaved. Three little doorsteps. They'd sit on the sidewalk and watch him mow the grass. And it was hot. And he'd cut that grass and he'd cut that grass. I mean, like clockwork, he'd cut. I think sometimes he cut it extra. (laughs) But what's he doing? He's sowing his seed. He's sowing ministry seed. Can you see this? He wants to sow in this particular ground. And he's got it on his heart. But he doesn't have money. But is his action a seed? Every step behind that mower is a seed. Because he's not just cutting grass. It's a heart of love for the kingdom. Faith. Can you see it? Every time that more makes a swipe, he's thinking about the kingdom. He loves the kingdom. He loves the ministry. He loves the word. I've seen people like him again and again and again. When he got through with school and he went to do what he needed to do, boom. I mean, here comes the harvest. Here it comes. Just, I mean, things just begin to blossom. Here's a church. It just grows. It just takes off. People go, wow, that just kind of fell on him, didn't it? (laughs) People said about this church. Oh, Brother Keith, you just walked into that, didn't you? (laughs) Church was just sitting there waiting. Well, no. Harvest. Come on now, harvest, harvest comes when you sow your seed. And it's not just money. Money is the smallest part of it. You sow your heart, you sow your mind, you sow your words. Your life is a seed. Go back to Matthew 13. Let's finish reading this. Matthew 13. He said, verse 18, here... The parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. What's the devil interested in? Stealing the seed. Because he knows the power of the seed. He knows if that seed gets in you and germinates and starts growing, there's nothing he can do to stop the harvest. So what does he try to do? Keep you from being in service. 
Keep you from reading your Bible. Or if you're there, get you daydreaming about something else. Did you hear me? So that the seed comes. See, the seed was sown, wasn't it? But what happened? It didn't get in. It just fell on the surface. Fell off by the wayside. In every one of these cases, we'll read the other couple here in a moment, but every one of them, it wasn't the seed's fault that they got no results and no harvest. It wasn't the sower's fault. What was the difference? The ground. The ground. Let's keep reading. He said, he that received the seed in the stony places, the same as he that hears the word and anon with joy receives it, yet he has no root in himself but dures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution rises because of the word, by and by he's offended. And he that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word in the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Now let's just stop right here. Those thorns, what did they come from? Did they come from a seed too? Are you seeing this now? Can you have bad seeds and good seeds in the same patch of ground? But what's happening in that case? The bad, the more bad seed that's growing and developing, it takes away from the nourishment. Of the good seed. And here in this case. What happened? The bad seed. Did what? Is that even possible? Is it possible to come to church. And to read your Bible. And to listen to good materials. And get good seed in you. Seed that produces faith. And joy. And victory. But yet. The rest of the week. Let seeds of doubt and fear and failure get in you. Is it possible to give more heed to the bad seed until the bad seed chokes out your faith? Chokes out your victory? Has it happened too many times? That's why he said take heed what you hear. Take heed what you let somebody plant in you. Every time somebody's talking to you, their words are seeds. Every time you watch something on TV. Every time you listen to something on the radio. Well, Brother Keith, I don't even have knowing what they're singing. I just like the, the rhythm. I just like the jam. There's seed in it. Make sure it's what you want to come up. Well, I'm not going to do all that. I know they cuss some and carry on. They talk about violence and drugs and sex, you know. I don't really into that. I just like the beat. It's seed. It's seed. There's seed trying to get in you. From the moment you open your eyes to the you lay your head at night. The enemy is sowing seed and God's sowing seed. And you're the ground. A lot of seed never makes it in. You see that? The wayside ground. But then some seed gets in. But then some bad seed gets in. How many think a lot of gardens need some weeding done? (laughs) Right? Need some major weeding. Now skip on down to verse 24. 
Well, I skipped verse 23. Let's don't skip that. Verse 22, he said, He that received seed among the thorns, he heard the word, and the care of this world, the care of this world, is that a seed? Are there worry seeds? Fear seeds? Somebody said, well, I got to worry about my kids. That's my life. I mean, mama's worried about their kids. Daddy's worried about their kids. Grandma's worried about their kids. Well, then you're having no faith for your kids. You can't be full of fear about your kids and have faith for your kids. And if you're full of fear, then your prayers are vain. I know that's a strong thing to say, but it's just the fact. You cannot, you can get down and you can pray half the night about your kids and pray a good prayer and pray according to the word. But if you're going to get up and the rest of the day talk fear and unbelief, then you have undone your prayers with your mouth. And if you worry more and fear more and talk fear and worry more than you do the word of faith, then the fear is choking out your faith. We got to be on guard against this stuff. We got to see when the enemy is trying to plant something in us. He's very subtle. Very subtle. And it can be just a little bitty, just a little bitty seed. If he could just get you to just think on it just a little while and he can water it just a little bit. And he's a persistent cuss. He'll work on getting the seed germinated in you for 15 years. Are y'all with me now? A seed of fear. A seed of suicide. A seed of adultery. A seed of lying and stealing. In the beginning, you wouldn't even look at it. You wouldn't even think about it. But year after year, year after year, he's a persistent cuss. He'll try to water it. Get somebody else to put a little seed in there. He'll try to get it going in you. And if it germinates and it grows long enough, you'll have fruit. Oh, but the good seed. The good seed... Keep reading. Verse 23. He that received seed in the good ground, he heard the word, he understood it, and it brought fruit some a hundredfold. That's a big crop. And 60 and 30. Another parable he put forth. And see, this goes on with it. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Kingdom of heaven is like this. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Does the devil sow seed? And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. And the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, didn't you sow good seed? Good seed? In your field, where'd these old tares come from? Weeds and junk. He said, an enemy did this. Enemy did this. The servant said to him, you want us to go gather them up? He said, no. Lest while you gather the tares, you root up the wheat with them. Now, this will answer a lot of questions. Why does the Lord let some of this stuff go? Because it'd be too disruptive to the earth to completely separate it right now. The Lord of the harvest knows what he's doing. He said, let both grow together until when? 
until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I'll say to the reapers, you go gather first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Skip down to verse uh, 36. The disciples said, would you declare to us this parable? Verse 37. He said, he that sows the good seed is the son of man. The field's the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. Who? That's us. We're the good seed. We're the good seed. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. Is there bad seed in the earth? Yeah. People say, well, we're all one big family and it's the universal brotherhood of man. No, we're not. No, we're not. If you're not born again, you're not in the family of God. You're a tear. There's a lot of tears, terrors around. <laughs> People that's on a tear. Right? I mean, it's obvious. It's not good seed coming up. And the enemy that sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, that's how it will be in the end of the world. And the Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they'll gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them that do iniquity, and they'll cast them into the furnace of fire, and they'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And then the righteous, the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. That's us. We're going to shine like the sun in the kingdom of our Father. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Back up to verse 31. Another parable. See, this whole passage just keeps on talking about this. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. Which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it's grown, it's the greatest. Among herbs, it becomes a tree. And the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Don't despise a seed. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise yourself and look at yourself as little and what God could do through you, friend. God could take you so far. He could make you such a blessing. He could put in your hands such resources and in your heart such love and such faith. He could take you so far from where you are just like a mustard seed could begin to grow and grow and it just won't quit. It just doesn't stop. How many believe this church can grow? And this ministry can grow? You in the ministry can grow. This thing can just get bigger and bigger and bigger and multiply upon itself. Right? Until the kingdom of God is advanced and increased. And we do our part. Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.